If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back to another episode of the Comedy Bureau Field Report. The Comedy Bureau Field Report is a member of the Believe Podcast family. That's why on your favorite podcast platform, it reads Believe in the Comedy Bureau Field Report. On episode 154, I got to keep saying that dumbass name, and my network still hasn't... (laughs) said anything to me so they must be fine with it um but enough of that and on to this week's great great guest such a funny comedian and actor and writer you've seen him all over the place whether it's on his hulu special or uh on hbo and a series of like oh man i didn't wow please give it up for byron bowers everybody how's it going man it's going good. You know when you hit them claps when you tell a joke and it's that yeah. slow? Yeah. Like, oh, this is not going good at all. It's a mocking uh, clap. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm doing good, man. I'm uh, I'm alive and I'm like, you know, mm-hmm. running around doing things. Been doing a lot of writing mm-hmm. with uh, me, Julie, Seba, which you probably know. Oh, I love Julie. Uh, Julie. Julie to me is the preeminent comedy journalist. Yeah. Yeah. So we were working on a book, book together. Oh yeah, um, what what I did, this is news to me. What book are you working on together? It's almost like a memoir of me getting up to like just for laughs. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And like yeah. everything around that? Um, just the lead up to it and what it took to get there almost. Uh, okay. You know, such such a big comedy festival and such a um a target for most most of us uh to reach as a comedian right um because from from our understanding that that is is life-changing yeah but but was it okay was it for you though um i think it was it it was like a it was like getting drafted it was like an nba draft or of uh comedy but you like first, Um, first round draft pick is that what it feels like well, it's almost like for me, it was like, all right, we got we got a pool of comedians. Right. Some of them performers, and some of some of them are writers. Right. And let's sign them all and put them in, you know, each category. Right. So I got right. sent to the writers category, uh-huh. and uh, um, Pete Davidson got sent to the performance category. Uh-huh. Brooks Willing got sent to the performance category. You know, uh-huh. so. 
Uh, I immediately, you know, kind of got started getting some of those writing gigs after that. And then I just backed away from it because I wanted to perform more. Right. I mean, would you have wanted to be on SNL? I mean, I feel like that's what you're saying, like, because both Brooks and Pete ended up on SNL after that. Yeah, I mean, that's the that's the type of uh, things that they were getting. Um, I think at the time I was so young. Mm -hmm. I think those type of jobs appeal to me, but knowing what I know now, it just wouldn't have been the right thing. So what do you know now, though? Well, how, how brutal the uh, schedule is and oh, yeah. and how the writers have to put you in sketches. And if they don't like you, they won't put you in a sketch. Mm -hmm. And it's definitely a lot of control that I'm used to having that I, I just wouldn't have, you know, so it just wouldn't have worked out. Right. And I feel like you wouldn't have had maybe the time or the energy to put together like a special, like what, what an original, uh, beautiful looking special on Hulu. Thank you. Yeah. I You're mean, right. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have had time to find, completely find the voice that I was looking for at the time and express the ideas. Mm -hmm. uh, and you know, being turned down from even having that voice. Mm -hmm. The things I didn't get. Yeah. Uh, which made me, which made me go even further, deeper into it. Yeah. I mean, what what is the thought process? For those who don't know, uh, Byron's special was done in a boxing ring with the, like, one side yeah. of the ropes taken off. And... Yeah. Man, Spiritual. And, yeah. And you had... It wasn't just any crowd. That was, like, like was it Susan Sarandon, Killer Mike? Killer Mike came through and like people from my mom, you know, job, church. It was more of a, it was more intimate than I wanted it to be. Really? I mean, um, it was definitely intimate and very yeah. personal. Yeah, no, we had, man, we had like that place like packed, you know, with, with reservations and tickets. And then on the, uh, they put, you had to be, um, uh, had COVID vaccination, which you can't really do in Georgia and Atlanta. <laughs> and we lost like we lost like eighty percent of the people. So I remember like, you know, my friends called and was like, I can't get in. And I was like, just show up. Uh-huh. You know, I remember before the second show, they was like, we got 40 people. And I was like, oh shit. So um it was way more intimate than I wanted. And those people knew me when I didn't do stand-up. Oh, shit. also, so yeah, they're not even comedy fans. So I'm right. performing in front of the people that are not comedy fans. Right. So after the show, instead of like, hey, you did a good job, I would get, man, I'm so proud of you. <laughs> and I was like, that's kind of not what I wanted out of that, this experience. <laughs> right, 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 right. Sometimes, you know, perhaps what any of us could read into it too much, but when you get a like, I'm so proud of you after a show, it's like, but you didn't say the word funny though. Yeah, you don't, but I mean, that overall journey of getting there is something to be proud of because they knew a guy who they didn't think was funny. Some people didn't even think I was funny. Sure. But I left. Mm -hmm. I left Georgia and came to California, and then I came back to do a special. So, mm -hmm. I mean, that that's what they knew, you know what I mean? Right. So it's, it's trippy for them to go through that also. Right. But if you haven't seen it, check it out. Oh, right. Uh, Spiritual nigga on who? Yeah, absolutely. And These, one of the... What was that? 
Disney also, if you yeah. like in Australia or outside the United States. Oh, Who yeah. knew that I would end up on Disney? Yeah, you end up on Disney. That's crazy, man. <laughs> Steve Hernandez. Did you know that? Did you know that? Oh, Shout out boy. to Steve Hernandez. Oh, boy. Uh, that Steve that let you know that it was on Disney out in Australia? No, Steve gave me an eye-opening. This shit I don't think about. I'm still, like, ignorant to a lot of stuff. And mm -hmm. I was talking to Steve and about having a sitcom. And he was like, you think you have a sitcom? And I was like, why not? And he was like, on, like, ABC? He's like, you don't... He's like, you two edgy and raw for sitcoms. You got to mm -hmm. think more like HBO and stuff like that. I, like, I never thought about mm -hmm. um, those things before. But yeah. it was a smidget. It was just a smidget of a seed planted enough for me to like double down, you know, on on, you know, like being even more raw. Cause yeah. I didn't think I was being as raw in the beginning. Right. Only to other people. But I was like, y'all grew up differently. Sure. But when I find out like I'm still raw, mm -hmm. then I'm like, fuck it. Right. You know. I mean, that's been a beautiful journey that I've seen you go through. Like, I remember the first time I saw you, you were still, like, doing your Harry Potter bit. Um, yeah. Yeah, and that was killing. And, yeah, maybe that would work for network. But when you started talking about your dad and you got, like, yeah. real, real with that, and, and that is when I, you got to, like, HBO, FX. That's where you should have landed. Yeah, I mean, the, the Harry Potter bit is the one that got me to Montreal. Yeah which is important in the book, but it's also the bit that made me feel like, not like a sellout, but like I wasn't leaving it on the table. Right. So in Montreal, I broke and stopped doing that bit after like the first night. <laughs> really? And yeah, I substituted the Harry Potter joke for slavery jokes. Yeah, there you go. And they let you yeah, do that? So it wasn't about them letting me. I was, I remember looking around and everybody was like, was like, please like me. You know what I mean? They were performing like, please like me. Uh, and I was just, it's something about it that, that I just didn't, it just, it just rubbed me the wrong way. So I just went the opposite direction, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I call it my prior moment. So I think, you know, the book is leading up to that moment. Mm -hmm. Everything leading up to that moment. And um, I remember the look on the Canadian faces when I would like, talk about slavery because I wasn't even on stage. I'm just in their face right. leaning in. You know what I mean? Yeah. And saying language yeah. and stuff that that they probably ain't even used to hearing uh, <laughs> yeah. in public. Right, right, right. So yeah. And how did it go? I don't know how it went. Uh, <laughs> you blacked I, out. I assumed it was Yeah, I mean I blacked out. I said I said niggas so much that I, I fainted. Uh <laughs> but uh um, no, I think it overall went good. Like I had already got my write up mm -hmm. by that time, mm -hmm. um, from the from the press. So, um, I definitely had some strong sets after that. You know, especially the black show. When I did the black show, that's one of the most memorable shows because I was able to do all type of mm -hmm. other material. You know, um, right. for for an even more raw audience. Right. So it went good. When you say a more raw audience, I think I signed. CAA. Oh, you signed with who? CAA? CAA, I think, after when I got back. Oh, that's yep. great, man. Now, when you say more raw audience, do you mean black audience? Uh, I wouldn't say necessarily black, because you got the, you got their, 
mm-hmm. natives out there and you got sure. their you know, you um, said the black show white. right it is a black i mean because it's ran by operated by by the black uh canadians up there mm-hmm. right. so but the audience was like mixed, but they more like people who listen to hip hop and like, sure. you know, they more of the culture than right. some of the audience I was doing. Right. Do you feel that you have to switch up a lot between those sorts of audiences? Um, I never really had to. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think you. I don't think I, you had to. Yeah, I, it just. Uh, Cause I I was I wasn't trying to after a while I wasn't trying to win everybody over. Right. I'm like, give me give me the five, give me the eight in the audience who, who's gonna right. fuck with me forever. Right. Because um, I even when you did Colbert, I think you were very much yourself. Oh, uh, to me, Colbert was a because I couldn't. My language was so clean. Yeah, I mean, I you know, it's it's I mean CBS, dude. But still, I feel like yeah. you came across. Yeah, I came across, I came across, but I didn't like it for that reason that I was just too, mm-hmm. you know, I couldn't say motherfucker or nigga, no shit like that uh-huh. on on TV, you know. So um, even when we was doing press for it, they was like, we're going to have you do another late night set. And I was like, nah, not for this special, because it's not, you know, I'm talking about suicide and depression and I can't get on TV and be like all smiley. Right and deliver these jokes I want to, or talk about these topics the way I want want to discuss them. You know, right, right, right. right. So, yeah, yeah. That's so. When is this book coming out? I don't know. You gotta <laughs> get the drafts. I know. I'm. I know you gotta get the drafts, but I mean the the way the books work. I mean that's a whole different wild thing, man. Where people are in the process of writing it, and then they'll have pre sales going at the same time. They'll and then like, this landed, I might have to stop. I'm trying to get it in to, to, to deal with this. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. This something here just landed, you know? I can't even let you see it because of the NDAs. <laughs> yeah, for those you know, listening, Byron is just waving an envelope in front of me. <laughs> manila, a manila envelope with yeah. instructions on it mm-hmm. that says, we exchange pages for pages. So old versions would have to be exchanged for new ones with signature. <laughs> and I'm sure that there's like some like watermark on every single page or something like that. I ain't even looked at it yet. Yeah. Well, that's exciting. That's, exci- that's exciting. <laughs> so what's on what's on the table for you right now? You got you got the book coming out. You have other acting roles coming up. And uh, you know what? Swarm. Uh, sh- what how you say it? Swarm. Swarm. Swarm, chicken shawarma. Uh, it's a show called Swarm that's on oh. Amazon. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that Donald Glover produced. Oh yeah. Um, by just neighbors. Um, by the female black serial killer. Yeah, I was um, obsessed with like a Beyonce type, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I play. I got one episode in that, uh-huh. and then um, I'm also in a series called Lady in the Lake. Mm-hmm. Um, with Natalie Portman and um, wow. oh, look at you, man! <laughs> Natalie Portman, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Moses Ingram and mm-hmm. uh, a few others. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and I'm in like all those episodes. So 
uh that'll be cool that's what i got for you for you all this year mm. and then i guess uh i'm working on next year uh-huh well if not i got nothing i don't know are you gonna come out um, a line of hoodies that where you pull you have a scarf as the thing that you pull tight that's the one thing i loved about oh, you that's, that's that was so cool i still kept it you know it was it was I still kept it the traditional, you know, what we would wear like on, you know, these shows we would do around LA. Right. I just made it a little bit more elegant, you know. Yeah, yeah. I think it's uh, like a Casablanca scarf pulled through a hoodie. It it is a it's a Casablanca hoodie. Yeah. I mean, that's that's you know cool. More than me. Yeah, so <laughs> it's it's a Casablanca hoodie. Yeah. Uh, which I didn't know I didn't know shit about Casablanca. Yeah, you know, uh, mm -hmm. still don't know shit about Casablanca because I was I was getting a hoodie made, right? Uh, because I wanted to wear you know, go all black owned, mm -hmm. you know, uh, wardrobe, but it all fell apart, and we had to just go out and just grab some of the colors I wanted to wear. So right, the Casablanca just so happened to be one of the colors, right? But I didn't want to wear nothing French because sure. I was just in France when I did Irma Vip. Yeah. And I felt like some of those luxury brands are taking advantage of us. Um, and you know, there's one guy, he's the richest man in the world. So I was like, let's wear some some black owned stuff, yeah. you know, no names, no logos. Right, right. And right. it fell apart. Because it's hard to get this it was hard to get the stuff in from everybody right in time. Right. Uh yeah, I know there's like there's a there's a holding company that owns like Louis Vuitton and a bunch of other luxury brands and like one guy runs it, you know? LMVH? Yeah. And uh what's the guy name? Mark Mar something something uh something sounds French. French. Yeah. Yeah, but he's the he's the richest man in the world, one of them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know? like top ten. Way to go, you know, way to go. Off clothes. Uh-huh. Off luxury. Luxury clothes. Uh-huh. Also. Yeah. Which it's still like, I mean, it's wild to me that it feels like luxury clothes get more and more expensive and yet they feel like they sell out quicker and quicker. And it's like, who is buying me? Who's buying us? I don't I don't hang out with people that buy this. I don't know. I'm about to start buying it. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean you are getting no, that. <laughs> Right. I mean, this jacket, this jacket I wore doing a special, and it was not, mm -hmm. you know, it's French. Yeah, uh, but you get it. Do you get it free now? I mean, sometimes like because it's it's going to be in a special, it's on TV or a stream platform. You would get it for free. Well, I mean, it's part of um, it's built into the production. But you're an EP, so you still kind of paying for it. Right, right, right. Um, in one way or another. Right. But would it's ever... uh, Saint. It's Saint. Yeah. Would you ever do a capsule collection? A what? A capsule collection. So, like, I, it starting your own fashion line or brand. There's a lot of capital that goes into that, and time and energy, and maybe it's something that you know if fashion isn't where you started 
but that fashion is something you're interested in, that might be not something you want to do. However, a capsule collection is a nice way to just collaborate with a brand and they're like, all right, so like, what do you want to do with our silhouettes? Like, how would you envision like it looking? And oh, yeah, way- I would do something. I would do something like that. Yeah. I yeah. have, um, yeah, I might do something even with t-shirts and hoodies. Yeah. I haven't I- decided. Yeah, because I, I I definitely have always clocked that you have like really great style uh in when you show up at shows. No matter what and it's always something original and like you do something like unique that I haven't really seen before. I used to, man. I used to and then uh twenty twenty happened and it's just been messed up ever since my fashion game. Yeah, what are like what did COVID do to your fashion game? You just started wearing like sweatpants every day. Started wearing sweatpants, and then I bought uh, my money went to like Apple shears. Oh, yeah, and uh, stuff like that. So I started learning how to use little things to make bigger things, and it's never been the same, Mm -hmm. you know. So I mean, it comes with like, all right, why would I, you know, I could make my own t-shirts now versus, you know, go buy a, you know, $600 hoodie. Right. I could pass the savings on to everybody else. You know what I mean? Absolutely. What would you put on a t-shirt, Byron? I got a few ideas, but I can't say because it's so, Uh some of them so gangster and some of them just (laughs) silly as hell. Oh, it's depending on how but raw you, the crowd, how raw the crowd is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this this is something that I started. Uh, me and a friend of mine, V, in uh, college, actually mm-hmm. designing uh, shirts and stuff like that using CAD and um and uh, uh Photoshop. Mm-hmm. Um, he's the first person that I know with a that had a Mac computer, and he, he taught me how to use Photoshop, and we would design T-shirts at night. Oh, cool. That's great, man. I I mean so that's yeah. that that's 2024, huh? Who knows? Who knows? All right. It's 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 it's, it's going to be very interesting though. Yeah. Uh, that's all I can say. I don't okay. know. I'm 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 in a haze right now with everything. Mm-hmm. I haven't been here for a while either. No, I I I've noticed. It, like I I'll like definitely try to come through if you're at a show. But uh, yeah, I mean, you've been writing your book, and then I mean, I you had to do Irma Vep, and that was that probably took you away for a while. Irma Vep, and then filming Lady in the Lake, which was ten months. Yeah, of being in Baltimore, no right. stand up. Yeah, uh, uh, I'm also in the car car culture in L.A. Mm-hmm. Um, the L.A. Car automotive scene, so mm-hmm. uh, I'm dealing with those guys, and yeah. I had an article come out. Um, I think last year it came out, but we shot we shot it where uh Porsche gave us um a Panamera hybrid uh-huh. and and wanted to see how fast I can get to like six shows in one night. <laughs> wow, what a dream. Yeah. 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 And the whole thing is documented and it's in the motor and journal somewhere. Right. Um Six shows. Forgot which edition, but uh huh. Where'd you start? And where'd yeah, you end up? Six shows. I start. I think I started at uh the Improv. Okay. Right. 
Yeah. Early set. And then I went all the way to um uh Carl Clint show. All right. Oh, better so half. I drove yeah. all the way to better half. Uh-huh. And then I it stopped on LC. Uh-huh. Uh for a weed show they had. Yeah. Then I went to Steve Fernandez show. Uh-huh. Um and then uh I did uh the store. I did two sets at the store or something like that. Sure. Um, but the time was crazy because you we started all the way in West Hollywood and went all the way east to Silver Lake. Right. Then we had to get all back to to West Hollywood. Yeah. Uh well, that's all right. So that was on a weeknight. That's doable. That's not too crazy because, especially like going from Echo Park to Silver Lake, and then I think Steve's show probably at the time was at the yard, which is not too far from there either. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Cause you couldn't, <laughs> if it was Steve's show at the Chatterbox, you wouldn't, that, you couldn't do that. Oh, no, no, no. It wasn't his show. Um, but yeah, I definitely chirped some tires, and the and the and the director was like, "Don't, don't wreck the car." <laughs> Man, I don't but, know that I, I've ever, I don't know any other comedian outside of like maybe Jay Leno that would probably get an opportunity like that. It's a few. It's a few of us. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you know, fingers crossed. I probably have a few more opportunities in that in that world. That's great, man. Um, also. You know, mm-hmm. Porsche gave me a car for a month uh, to drive around. That's amazing. Eh? And uh, and I would take it to the canyons and like take it to like all the car meets. It was it was fun. Right. What uh what so what your involvement in car culture? What 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 is that? Are you racing? You just showing it to car shows? What is that? Man, we do drives. We we like race and like we politic. Like Leno and those guys are still out and they still active. Right. Um, we do some of the podcasts. We do. I do some of the press. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely uh, brand building relations. I got an off road vehicle too that I take off road. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's a lot of like, um, it's, it's it, I compare it to like performing, but you're just in a in a it's more of a motorsport. Yeah. You yeah. know. I mean, just I like get how it. comics go hang. Out. Mm-hmm. Just like how comics go hang out at the open mics and stuff, right. we might meet at a mountaintop, right. yeah. you know, or we right. might meet, you know, somewhere else. And it's the same thing, but it's all the press people, too, you know. So yeah, I get that. That's a little. I I got into cycling last year, and like I commute by bike pretty much, and like I joined mm-hmm. a cycling group, and like I did a I did a race, my first race, like three weeks ago. Maybe a month ago yeah and it's it's we meet all over la and then we go just like ride up you know ride around you know yeah that's uh yeah it's like these are these are cultures that within their own you know so mm-hmm. and it kind of keeps you out of trouble you know because even if i was riding a bike the way i would ride a bike would be probably dangerous yeah but the I, way uh doing wheelies all the time or whatever, you know what I mean? But yeah. something like that, you know, like 12 o'clock, but in the middle of the street, mm-hmm. all type of wild shit. But right. when you're part of the car coach, it calms you down, you know? Right, right, right. Uh, well, I can't wait to see what comes of you, like, <laughs> getting more luxury cars to see how much you can go to a show, to show, to show, to show. 
Well, I mean, I wouldn't call that a luxury. Uh huh. I well, point, from where I'm standing, a, a Panamera hybrid is a luxury car. Oh well, yeah, I wouldn't drive. To me, to be you know, luxury is like a Rolls Royce or something. Oh sure, like that. Yeah, yeah. Bugatti. Not, I get that. Yeah. Yeah, you're not sliding. You're not sliding on those. You know, you're not taking the Rolls Royce through the canes to see how the handling is. Right. Right. You know, you want everybody to see see you type of car, mm -hmm. and I'm driving the more like move move everybody move the fuck out the way type of vehicle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So <laughs> that's great. You know what I mean? Like, bing, 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 bing. you see yeah. you see it on the freeway. Yeah, I see it on the freeway. Well, I I'll see Ferraris and Lambos stuck in traffic, and I'll have a big laugh. I'm like, how's those 700 horses doing? Just sitting there. I know that's. Uh, that's when I see them in traffic, I laugh also. Cause they and they and you never see you don't really see them driving fast either. No, because you can't. There's like nowhere to go. Yeah, you gotta get the you know, you gotta get something like a Miata or something in a certain range where you could it ain't on the police radar. Right. Or like, you can drive. you go, is there a thing like, could you go to Irvine Speedway on a like off day or off night and just like run a car, like you pay a fee and then you just run it as fast as you want? I think, yeah, because that's what a lot of the Ferrari guys do, right? They do track days with them, but mm -hmm. it, it costs to run a Ferrari. Mm -hmm. But if you had like a, I mean, a lot of guys do it on the 6th Street Bridge. They don't even do it on the <laughs> freeway. <laughs> Uh huh. If you want to get, if you want to go crazy with it, but I'm a little right. bit more, more older now. Uh -huh. I don't do the stuff at night. When they're doing donuts and like hitting people with cars and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, I hope, I, I hope not. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> you you getting a Panamera to go a Panamera hybrid to go to six years is that the first time like all of your car stuff is crossed with comedy? Um. In that type of way, okay, yeah, it is, it is, because mm -hmm. um, a lot of those guys, of course, are into cars, right? That I will come across, like you know, Tom Segura, Rogan, mm -hmm. um, a lot of these guys. They just don't publicly, uh, you know, might not talk about it, but uh, they were ahead of me on this stuff, and they were at all other things also. Reggie right. Watts, I brought Reggie Watts in. Yeah, well, Reggie has a Tesla, but I don't know what else he has. But now he has the um now he has a uh a um Tycon. Mm, wow. And a turbo. <laughs> so so he could still show up right before taping at Corden. <laughs> yeah, so I mean he's a P car guy himself. You know, I mean he was born in Stuttgart, so right, you know right. yeah. That's the that's what that's the way the factory is. So I mean he can drive too. We've drove from Bakersfield to West Hollywood in thirty minutes. <laughs> what? What? How fast are you going to get from Bakersfield to West Hollywood in thirty minutes? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> you're not looking at the. Uh, <laughs> you're not looking. At the, you're not looking at the speedometer. There's so much shit going on. Sure. Like it's, yeah, it's like cars. It's, it's mountains you coming through. So mm -hmm. I don't know. And then legally, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. You know what I mean? Uh -huh. Yeah. I mean, th <laughs> this is all. It could. It, this could just be for a bit. It's all satire, Byron. Yeah. 
everything I say is for uh, what they call it entertainment purposes only. None of it's real. Yeah. So every number has been fudged. So yeah. Satire and parody. 180 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, <laughs> that, yeah that but that's that's the joke that it's 180 miles an hour 80 miles an hour <laughs> on, my, on mushrooms uh-huh. driving in uh-huh. reverse wow wow looking I at mean, the reverse camera only uh-huh i mean if there was a way to drive 180 miles an hour it would be on shrooms only looking through the reverse camera you know and yeah while in the air, while mm-hmm. being airborne, <laughs> that's the only way you can go that fast. <laughs> oh, th- I mean, if you're going that fast, that's where you. I feel like you got to have that Formula One car where they have a basically a reverse wing to keep you on the. Ground. Oh yeah, yeah. Or you can go to the west side, right? Go up Stunt Road. Uh huh. Hit your car. Mm-hmm. Hit the uh, accelerator fast as you can. Mm-hmm. And when you get to the top, hit the emergency brake. And do a hard right, mm-hmm. and the car will spin and go backwards, and it will shoot you off the the mountains, uh, probably roughly at one hundred and eighty miles an hour. <laughs> so this is what happens when you're on shrooms. That's what that's what you see. Um, that's what you experience. You okay. <laughs> well, I'm glad so. it's only on shrooms, and you're not actually flying off the side of a mountain. No, no, no. I don't. I haven't done nothing like that. You know what I mean. And yeah. uh, full disclosure, I don't recommend nobody uh, do that. No, you know, do say. thirty miles an hour on shrooms. <laughs> yeah, below. Yeah, below thirty-five. Although a lot of streets in LA, like they got downgraded from thirty-five to thirty, which is really annoying. Oh wow. Well, I mean, in the canyons, I'm not even talking about on the regular street. You right. know. Wait, where are the canyons at? Uh, anything on the, on, if you, if you go up to the 101 and go to Calabasas. Oh, okay. Yeah. I up that. to Westlake and then right. head towards the beach. Right. Through Topanga. That's all Canyon Road. Yeah. Like Las Virginis and stuff like that. Yeah. Canaan. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and then his roads up in that, like Latigo is probably one of the most technical roads. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the one cliff almost went off. Um, I had the wrong tires on the car. Uh huh. Damn. You ever you ever try shit on like the, there's like a portion of the PCH where speed limit is supposed to be 15 miles an hour because there's like you're driving on a cliffside and it's all oh, hair, oh. hairpin turns. Oh shit! No, I ain't did that yet. Yeah. Because it's always the it's not the it's the scenic route, but it's also the slow route. Yeah, it is. oh yeah. So it takes like if you're just even going like 75, it takes like five and a half hours to get from LA to SF on the five. But if you take the PCH, the one, it's like 10 or 11. I heard. Yeah. You know what I've done though? I've drove from San Jose Airport mm-hmm. to Big uh Big Sur. Uh-huh. At you know. Uh, one o'clock in the morning, and it's all cliffs, and it's like a beautiful drive. It's a it's a gorgeous drive. It's a gorgeous, gorgeous drive. Man, you should I, bike that road. You should uh, bike. That'll be a beautiful road to bike. Oh yeah, I'm planning on doing uh, a going up a bit of piece. Of, like I'm gonna do like a hundred mile ride in a couple months with a friend. God damn. Yeah, I mean I've done fifty five already, and it, I I I wasn't like exhausted. How long did it take? 
Um, I did well. I did it in like parts. Uh, well, I went like forty, probably like forty four. I was going slow too because I was going with a friend who you know we we were just doing a nice ride together. That took like probably two, like probably three hours or three hours and change. But I could have done it way quicker because I do like riding very fast. Oh well, okay, yeah. yeah. And I mean, I ride like ten to fifteen miles a day in LA, and because a lot of the shows are that I go to are on the east side, it's hilly, and you just get used to it. So when it comes, you to got like, the proper setup, huh? You got the proper setup. I mean, some people think not. I I have I have a single speed. So and it's <laughs> it's not for everybody. Woof. Yeah. No it's gears? A, it's well, it's no gears, but I have a freewheel because I don't I think man, like hopping up on the top tube and just letting the cranks go because it's a fixie, I think that's dumb to do in LA. Wow. So so I, I can like I can just keep my feet on the pedals in it and like go downhill and it'll, it'll just coast. But um yeah, it's just one gear, man. And well, I have two bikes. One of them has a sixty tooth chain ring, which is a fucking dinner plate. It's huge. Yeah, that's beyond my pay grade. I don't. I don't <laughs> I'll send you a picture. Shoes snap, your shoes snap into the bike? Uh, no, I don't do that. Yeah, I don't want to clip clop into shows. Oh yeah, okay. That looks. Although they do make there's Adidas Sambas that are specifically made for cycling. They like are recessed into the sole. Mm. that's Man. cool but i i like wearing all my shoes so yeah i just get that's the it. thing man all these things come with like extra gear and subculture and i'm yeah. like oh man. yeah and even in cycling i mean there's all different sorts of there are people who are all like about the lycra and wear road bikes and they're very serious and it's kind of not fun then there are people who hang out doing wheelies just riding B, big bmx bikes there are people who Mountain bikers, that's a whole different thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's a whole different thing. You want to do comedy news, Byron? Go ahead. All right. Uh, first up, we're going to hop around here. Um, I don't even know the last time the Eric Andre show <laughs> aired. It feels like a decade ago, but it's probably like three or four years ago. The season yeah. six is going to premiere on June 4th, uh, which will be exciting. Uh, it's probably been enough time where Eric, people haven't seen at large Eric do a bunch of crazy shit. So yeah, it's yeah, while. yeah, it's been a while. So he can, but some celebrities from probably forgot, and he can get away with shit again. Although, still, one of the funniest things I've ever seen was him having Action Bronson and Killer Mike do a rap battle on treadmills. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy, man. Yeah, I think I think Ti he did an interview with Ti. Yeah, I think Pat Regan came out naked. Yeah, the I don't know what Pat Regan is doing now, but it's the straight Pat Regan, not the gay New York Pat Regan who does who's actually much more pr prominent now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, this it'll it'll be exciting. Uh, I I. I wonder. You know, I was on the season one, and that's that's ten years. That got that's got to be like ten years ago. That isn't that crazy. Ten years ago, and it's still probably more experimental and daring than 
most late night. Although Z-Way's getting there. Z-Way doesn't destroy any deaths, but she she gets pretty wild. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is true. Yeah. Having Chet Hanks on. Yeah. <laughs> Man. Um, you think you would you think you'd be back on? Who me? Yeah. I don't know, man. It's, it's would you want to go back on? Uh you know what? I could do it. I couldn't sit in the chair, but I, I definitely could go go and prank some more people, you know. Sure. Uh, for those who ain't seen my episode, we we walked into a uh um it wasn't a proud boys, but it was some it was some group like that. Uh-huh. Back in the day in Orange County, uh-huh. with KKK mask and uh, and um, you know all the the paraphernalia from the Klan and and told them that they dropped them, and it was an election year. And, <laughs> I mean, they called the police and the police uh-huh. showed up so fast. Uh-huh. Uh, but when they was like the police on the way, everybody hopped in cars and just dipped. You know what I mean? And as we was pulling out of the parking lot, they were coming like right behind. And they was pulling into the parking lot. Like it looked like police academy, you know. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's definitely high, high right. stakes to do something like that. I think it would be hard for you to be back in the city again. I mean, you know Eric, you're a comedian, you know what the show is. I feel like being interviewed on that show is contingent on you not really knowing what's coming. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, he'll really have to get me off guard, or it would be the most simple interview. Like he his prank would be not pulling a prank. Right. And then I'm just anticipating the prank. So I'm just nervous. You know? <laughs> yeah. You're just looking at Hannibal. Hannibal's the son of someone. Like, what are you looking at me for? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so look for that on Adult Swim come June 4th. Um, Chris Rock uh, indeed did do the first live to stream rather than broadcast, because it was on Netflix, live-to-stream Netflix special, Selective It was live? It was live, man. That was the crazy part. So basically, he he booked a theater in Baltimore. He did this long-ass tour with Chappelle that led up to this. That was, like, how he worked out his hour. And then, like, on Saturday, he they had aired it, live to all of netflix all 100 and whatever so territories at 7 p.m pacific 10 p.m eastern damn yeah and they had like a pre-show and a post-show um yeah it was it was like a, a big day i mean like that part of it went out uh without a hitch um the hour itself has caused a lot of discussion uh, I mean, he, of course, talked about being slapped by Will Smith almost a year ago, uh, which resulted in Chris calling. There's like the almost the end. It's like right at the end. And uh, in a portion of that, he calls Will a bitch seven times. Oh, wow. Well, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, he deserves it, <laughs> you know? But I mean, like. What people thought that this special, I mean, they're supposed to talk about it in some way, right? Yeah. You do a, so they're supposed to feel a certain kind of way about certain things. What's interesting, I mean, I, I wonder what your reaction will be because you've been in a hole for two months. So Marlon Wayans came out with a special a week ago. This 
kind of like I mean weirdly like an Edinburgh Edinburgh solo shows type show about the slap and how his relation to Will to Chris to Jada and how like the fact that God loves Marlon Wayans is the reason that slap happened oh wow <laughs> and, and that was like a whole hour wow yeah man now that sounds interesting <laughs> yeah yeah, apparently Chris like really bullied Marlon trying to it's so much that like Marlon quit doing stand up and then did everything else. Oh wow. Yeah. And then, you know, I think Marlon was trying to like he was like in the friend zone zone with Jada trying to get out of it. And then Will Smith showed up. Oh and, shit. Yeah. And so he tells like those stories and then comes back to the fact like like I, I felt like I couldn't do anything, but I want to get back at him. But because God loves me, that's why that happened. I like it. <laughs> yeah, but that's fascinating. It's like it's Marlon doing that for an hour. Chris talked about it for like maybe 12 minutes. And it was at the end when I think he should have opened with it. Because, I mean, that's what people wanted to know. Oh, so they was just waiting. They it made them like sit through everything else. You think? Yeah, to sit through Chris's takes about like cancel culture and Lululemon and like things are like, all right, you know, we were talking about this like three years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm about to go. I was at the Oscars when it happened. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, microdosing and. Uh... <laughs> I get I it, man. Think... It's a long night. It's a long night. You gotta, you gotta do something. Well, you, you also want to be present and not judging. Also, sure, you want sure. to be one with, with mm. everybody, and then right. that definitely changed the whole vibe. Right. Like I felt that in my knees. You know, mm -hmm. um, it was all time. I had the whole range from this is this is great, this is sad. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I never seen the Oscars before, and that was my first time. Yeah, and there's. And that's like unlike any Oscars ever before it, you know? Yeah, but I mean, I, it, it reminded me like when I went to the club when I was 19 and it was the first shootout that happened at the nightclub. Mm -hmm. And you never go back to the club the same. No. After that. No, of course not. Because it's, it's a place where people can have a good time, but it, anything can go down. Right. So that's how Oscars is to me. I'm going go Sunday too. Oh, awesome, man. Yeah, I, I just want to see what's up. I'm sure it'll be much more buttoned down. I'm going to play. I mean, I went. I was. I was. Whew, I went. I went hard uh, uh -huh. last year, but I didn't know I was going back. And now that I'm going back. I'm just going to be boring. Like just sit there and like shoot <laughs> bubble gum or something. You know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, do you know what table you're going to sit at? No, probably in the back. Yeah, last man. year I was behind all the colder people, so mm -hmm. when the slap happened, they was all speaking like silence. <laughs> and I'm like tripping and I'm seeing this, and then we okay. like, what's going on? And like right. the Williams sisters are over here trying to figure out what's going on. Right. Um, so <laughs> and then yeah. everybody had to sit there and wait while Will was gonna get an Oscar. And took commercial break. And then when the commercial break jumped off, yeah. And somebody pulled out their phone and Googled whether they was real or not. Mm -hmm. Getty Images already had the image online and mm -hmm. it was viral within yeah. three minutes. 
Absolutely. It is. You know, I was at just a sketch comedy show that was like making fun of the Oscars. And in the middle of the show, they stopped the show and they were like, okay, like Will Smith just slapped Chris Rock. I know us saying that makes it sound like it's a bit. We swear it's not a bit. We're going to pull down the screen. We're going to show you it. So you are not going to watch it on your phone. And we're just going to watch it for like five minutes, get it out of our system and then go on with the show. And we were still, as they pulled it out, I'm like, this is has, this has to be a bit. And it, it's not. It's so not. <laughs> it was crazy. Man. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was wild. That's all I can say, but... Uh, <laughs> but, uh, wow. well, check out both those specials, man. I was uh, interested to hear your take on them. Um, the next time in news, Netflix is a joke fest, is returning to L.A. May 2024. So it's not an annual event as of yet. They uh, did did the thing. And did they do it already? Did they, they even do one? They, they did one, yeah. Well, they, so the first one was supposed to happen in 2020. Yeah. That didn't happen. And then the there, so they kept putting it off. But the very first one happened last year, 2022. And uh, I mean, they had, I mean, that's where like Fluffy shot his special in Dodger Stadium. That was part of the festival. Then um, they had shows at like the Improv, the Elysian, the Bourbon Room, like all over the city. Um, and then, I mean, they had a bunch of big stuff, outdoor stuff that was like right near all of where Netflix's building is, buildings are in Sunset, on Sunset Boulevard in Hollywood. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, yeah. It was a bit, it was a big, it was a big thing. It's been a while since LA had a, a festival, and it's really hard to put on a festival in LA when so much comedy already happens. But um, yeah, they're going to come back in twenty twenty four in May, and we'll see what that means. I don't, I don't know uh, how big they're going to go. If they're going to try to go bigger, you know, uh, or smaller. I mean, they had did they do the Hollywood Bowl? They did the Greek Theater. I know that. Um, but yeah. We shall see. Um, last last bit of news. Uh, I'm I'm curious about so Tyler Perry, uh, along with other people, they're exploring buying majority a majority stake in BET. The other person, uh, at least publicly facing, is Byron Allen, um, who I will less remember for his. I think he has a majority stake in the Weather Channel, but uh, yeah. I mean, Comics Unleashed is what I remember for Byron Allen. Yeah, agree. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And for those who don't know, but it was like a, it was, it was like a panel show, but everyone just did their act, and it was so transparently like produced because you'd be sat in like a circle, and Byron would be like, "So, what do you think about Harry Potter, Byron?" And then you just do your Byron. Hey, let me tell you about Harry Potter, man. Let me tell you. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, yeah. Ask somebody else what do you think. Look, man, I'm from a small town, and uh, <laughs> yeah. comics didn't even go. They just went from the beginning of the premise. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And that's I was how... up in Missouri, so I don't know if y'all noticed, but I'm from a small town in Missouri. It's <laughs> like, wait, you don't even have to go. He just already said, yeah. And that's for a co- a lot of comics that are like Gen X or like older millennials. That's how they got their first TV credit. Yep. Yep. 
Um, Very big disruption though for him. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, there nothing's happened as of yet, but they're they they might be buying majority stake in BET, which that's uh, good. Yeah, what what do you think? What do you think of that? I mean, BET needs to be black owned uh, yeah. instead of owned by MTV. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Viacom, yeah, yeah, making black versions of the white show. Uh huh. Um, but you know, kudos to kudos to Viacom for being able to do that. You or know, some pa- pa- Paramount now it's all Paramount. That's the thing, you know. How how long is Paramount gonna be around? <laughs> it's all business at the end of the day. It's just it's crazy. It's crazy when you stop doing a stage and get into this. This part of what I call real show business. And I think that's what Montreal does, right? It separates the people who are going to be in show business versus the people who are going to still do stand up mm-hmm. and like hit the clubs. And um, yeah, man, the, I think the more you learn about any form of economics and business, the better you could do in all facets of show business or any art. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it's, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. If I would have known certain things, certain certain educations helped you pitch certain projects. Right. Like you got help me walk. Yeah. Like you like you know my first NBC showcase. I was talking about a dude who shot his bitch mm-hmm. with a shotgun. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Right. Not knowing that that's not NBC's. Yeah, you know they, I, you know they advertise and stuff. Don't deal with that. Uh-huh. Um, I would have came a little differently if I would have did it at all. Mm-hmm. Right. What what uh, what what bit would you have chosen, knowing that now? I wouldn't have did it. Yeah, yeah. Wait, was that the stand up for diversity showcase or their whatever? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And I'm not the I'm not the best representative for mm-hmm. diversity. Why do you say that, Byron? Because most of the time it's just like people who want to prove the white people that you know other uh, minorities can read or write. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Yeah, and, I mean, I I feel that for sure. Yeah, and if you don't give a fuck about it, it's some it's some lack of power in trying to prove to somebody else that you know I look good or I'm capable of doing something versus just doing it on your own, you right. know. Right. Uh, so those are the reasons, like, but and some of those gatekeepers are could be other minorities, you know, whether they Latino or all that. So if you're a little bit more colorful, they're not going to pick you anyway. Mm-hmm. Cuz they're a little bit more subservient, so they want to pick the subservient people. Right. And that's where a diversity showcase is not truly diverse. Yep. It's cuz it's diversity, all right, you got the whole representation conversation, but like style and tone and like what you actually bring to the table instead instead of um What's acceptable? Yeah, because you could be too diverse. Mm-hmm. Like a, a a native can go there and be like, "You have been fucking," and they be like, "Ooh, that's too much." <laughs> <laughs> Scared. Yeah. Down, you know. Uh huh. 
um, you know, a native, a native can go there, and I'm using natives because black people do it all the time, and talk about, you know, the white man, the blue-eyed devil himself. That could be too scary, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you know, so mm -hmm. they'd be like, oh, we want more, you know, people that could like, mm -hmm. um, what they call it, uh, assimilate into this, right? Into this culture. That's an interesting thing that both Rock and Marlon bring up in both of their hours regarding the slap is that they like publicly say that like we can't be fighting in front of white people. And if you like, yes, we can. Yes, we can. <laughs> they're going to shy away from you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Because, because. Yeah. To me, if you believe in equality, you truly believe in equality, mm -hmm. then you fight in front of everybody. Mm -hmm. White people, people in wheelchairs, mm -hmm. you know, that's like saying you can't fight in front of them. You you got you 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 could walk and they can't walk. Mm -hmm. You know, that's not that's not being humble enough to like to the people in front. You know what I mean? No. Right. Yeah, if 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 we're like the conversation about equality and diversity and inclusion comes at a point where I mean if that you want to have people feel as though they can live their lives amongst other people and not have to feel I mean feel like themselves and celebrate their identity but not feel like they're marginalized. Yeah. Yeah. It's and tough. It's, it's tough. so tough. It's tough because I saw a video the other day of a black dude mm -hmm. driving through, I guess, a like a like a some type of it wasn't a Klan rally, but it was some type of rally where mm -hmm. all the white people had their Confederate flags. Mm -hmm. Right. And he their, was driving their, their heritage. And he rolled down the window mm -hmm. and he was like, if I see you, if I see you again, I'm gonna kick your ass. Mm -hmm. You shouldn't be out here with these people. Mm -hmm. And it was a black dude out there holding his Confederate flag surrounded by all the white people. Uh -huh. And at that moment, mm -hmm. that's when I was like, dang, that's crazy to see mm -hmm. in front of all the white people. Yeah. Was it Kanye? No, it wasn't. <laughs> it, wasn't it was too blurry. I couldn't see who it was. <laughs> But even if it was, in that group, you still had the black on black thing. Because he didn't say none of that. Mm -hmm. uh, everybody else was there, but probably because that was expected of them to be there. Right. Right. Oh, I I mean, I don't have the answers, man. I just, I. I no, I don't think It's just an yeah. observation. Yeah, it is. Oh, well, that's the thing is like a lot of people want an answer and they, it's it's not it's not any one person's job to have the singular answer it's just like noticing what happens and understanding where people are coming from take race out of it you've yeah. seen the video before where it was a parent sitting amongst other parents mm -hmm. watching kids do a christmas play right and one of the boys grabbed his dick and just started yanking on it it's a version of that, you know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. he made his parents look bad in front <laughs> of the other parents. Yeah. 
-hmm. it's just a it's just a different it's just a flip on it so it's really not about right. you know it's a different form of of, of representation mm -hmm. and these stories with everything all right. different groups and stuff like that absolutely man i mean that's it's it. I talk about being adopted on stage, and that's like a interesting thing to explore because there's not really a a set narrative or like a, a culture to it. So like, what what do you, how do you talk about it when there isn't any real precedent for it, you know? And that's just the thing I have to figure out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I hear stories. From uh, I've read stories about it from other comedians, and it's not the best yeah. situation. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's not Apple uh, TV's trying where everything seems no, no. I think in Flip Wilson book, he was holding a pizza box. He would have to hold a pizza box while they would roll shoot the dice off of him. Mm -hmm. You know who else? You know who else was adopted, and it it explains so much. Andy Dick. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, Commercial break? No, this one. <laughs> no, man. I know you got to go. Uh, no, I'm saying really, after that. How do you segue after that? Like, uh, Yeah, how do you segue for that? Uh -huh. Speaking of dicks, we'll be right back after these yeah. messages from our yeah. sponsor. Dicks Sporting Goods. Yeah. <laughs> Uh yeah, that was the only thing you could segue to. Um, either that or something just like <laughs> talk about like Planned Parenthood or something. It's just something is just so opposite <laughs> the other end. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much for joining me, Byron. Really, really appreciate it. I'm so excited for everything you got. I didn't know you had a book coming up. That's that's amazing, man. Well, we might not. We'll see if I finish we'll it. You know. Yeah. 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 Um, where can people find you online? What else would you like to promote? Um, go catch my special spiritual nigga. It's on Hulu right now. Mm -hmm. Um, watch that with the family. Mm -hmm. Um, also, uh, anything I've done, you know, Google my name, Irma Velt, mm -hmm. um, Concrete Cowboys, yeah, Honey Boy. Uh, when's uh, Lady of the Lake coming out? Kimmy, Lady in the Lake should be out by the end of the year. Mm -hmm. Um, Swarm is coming up soon. Um, and uh, I don't know, various different. Oh, 10 year old Tom, we wrapping up season two. Oh, yeah, yeah, you play Tom's best friend, it's so funny. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, check it, check out everything. Instagram at Byron Bowers, also. Yeah, when I'm on, you'll see me on there, right? When I'm on, right? right. Or look into the sky and see. A car flying at 180 miles an hour. <laughs> Backwards. Backwards. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, I am Jay Kroger. I created the Comedy Bureau. You can find the Comedy Bureau at thecomedybureau.com, at the Comedy Bureau, across socials. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Not the Supermarket, on Twitter at MFJ Kroger. So many great causes to support at this time. Uh, please support those. Uh, but if you have money or generosity left over, please support the Comedy Bureau. You have anything to say as we sign off here, Byron? Look, man, y'all have the rest of y'all day and go go support live comedy. Uh, it's a lot of comedy shows out there. Everything is back in full swing. And if you do not know where to find comedy shows, go to the Comedy Bureau. 
That's why I send people to. Thank you, man. I appreciate yeah. that. I, 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 just a small note, it, James Adomian still reminds me of how you made fun of the logo at my anniversary show. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. That's great. I don't even remember what the fuck I said, but <laughs> loved it. People, yeah, yeah, it crushed, it crushed. Um, yeah, man, live comedy is happening. Go watch it, and as the great Brody Stevens would say, enjoy it. Yes, sir. The Comedy Bureau Field Report is recorded, produced, and edited by Jake Kroger. Music by Brian Grunio, artwork by Andrew Delman and KT, and part of the Believe Podcast family. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.